My name is Jemai McKinney, or you can just call me Juice because that is my nickname. Today, I'm breaking down the Chicago Bears overall roster. We'll talk about how, how their team is going to fare during the 2020-21 NFL season. I'll dive into the schedule a little bit and all that good stuff. Let's get right to it, man. Right off the bat, I'm going to come straight to the point. I am not very high on the Chicago Bears at all in 2020. Last year, this team was 2-6 and six versus winning teams. This team does not fare very well versus teams above 500. Okay, last year they only won two games out of eight versus winning teams. And those two wins came against the Minnesota Vikings, who are in their division. So they're familiar with that team. Not very impressive. Last year, the offensive line allowed 45 sacks. That was 22nd in the NFL. In fact, PFF actually graded the Chicago Bears, very ironically, as the 22nd best ranked offensive line last year. That's not a great offensive line. The offensive line was not impressive last year. This team last year had the sixth worst rushing attack. Not impressive. This team last year had the fourth worst scoring offense in the NFL. That's not impressive. Now, let me talk about the quarterback situation in Chicago. I firmly believe that Nick Foles gives this team the best chance to win games. Nick Foles is just flat out a better quarterback than Mr. Bisky. That's not even arguable at this point, you know, based on what we've seen from Trubisky and based on what Nick Foles has done in his career. Now, as far as Nick Foles goes, Chicago Bears fans think that he's just automatically going to solve their biggest issues. And while Nick Foles, to me, is an upgraded quarterback, I don't think that's a fair debate. Just because Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Mr. Trubisky, that doesn't mean he's going to solve all your problems. Because people can say, well, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Yeah, guess what? This That Eagles team was much better and more well-rounded as a team than this currently constructed Chicago Bears roster. Nick Foles had much better tight ends. He had much better. He had a much better offensive line in Philadelphia. I'd argue he had better weapons. He had a better coaching staff. And while this Chicago Bears defense is very, very good, that Philadelphia Eagles defense was also very, very good when Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. So Nick Foles, he was on a very good team in Philadelphia. That Philadelphia Eagles team is much better, in my opinion, than this Chicago Bears team. And looking at how Nick Foles has fared outside of Philadelphia, let's take a look. In Kansas City, he was okay. You know, he he won one game for them. He was okay in that start, you know. Um, looking at what he did with the Rams, he was a below 500 quarterback. And looking at what he did with the Jaguars last season, he got beat out by Gardner Minshew and did not win a game. So Nick Foles, outside of Philadelphia, has done nothing. He, he really has done virtually nothing. So I don't think Nick Foles is really the, the entire answer to the Chicago Bears issues. Now, if I, if I were to project, I'm going to say Nick Foles definitely starts some games for the Chicago Bears this upcoming season because if the Bears were completely sold on Mr. Bisky, 
they would not have made this move. You don't trade for Nick Foles if you're completely sold on Mr. Trubisky. So listen, Mr. Trubisky, he's on a very short leash. And honestly, I will be shocked if Nick Foles is not the starter by the end of the season. So that's how I feel about Nick Foles. He definitely is an upgrade, but he does not solve all of Chicago's problems. Now let's talk about Mr. Trubisky. I'm not sold on Trubisky. Never have been. Probably never will be. I did not understand why the Chicago Bears traded up to get Mr. Trubisky. I had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes rated higher at the time on my draft board than Mr. Trubisky. I look at the 2017 NFL Draft, very similar to how I look at the 1984 NBA Draft. That was the year in which Akeem Olajuwon went number one overall and Michael Jordan went number four overall to the Chicago Bulls. And I compare Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes to those two players because while I'm going to give the Chicago Bears a semi-pass for passing on Patrick Mahomes simply because a lot of people did not quite see Patrick Mahomes being this darn good. I felt that he was going to be a good quarterback, but I did not see this type of play from Patrick Mahomes in his future. He's, he's the best quarterback in the sport. I felt that he could be a top 10 quarterback, but not maybe the most talented quarterback of all time. So, okay, fine. You whiffed on that. And that's kind of what the Houston Rockets did. They did not quite see Michael Jordan's greatness early enough to take him. They took the safer pick, Akeem Olajuwon, however. And that's my problem with Chicago. They did not take the safest pick. Deshaun Watson was by far the safest pick. And you want to know why no one, you know, bashed the Houston Rockets for passing on Michael Jordan? They didn't bash them because Hakeem Olajuwon turned out to win MVPs and championships on his own. While he may not be the greatest player, NBA player of all time, he's maybe top 10 or top 12 all time. And that's how I feel about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson may never reach Patrick Mahomes' level, but he at least can be an all-time great, in my opinion. He's a top-five quarterback at the moment, so I felt Chicago whiffed in that regard. They should have at least taken the safer pick. Mr. Trubisky last year had, had a 63% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, an 83 pass rating, 6.1 yards per attempt. That shows me... He's not making big plays down the field. 6.1 yards per attempt, that's pitiful. And let me let me be very clear. While I'm not sold on Mr. Trubisky, Trubisky's lack of development is on Mr. Trubisky, do not get me wrong. But also last year, Chicago's overall offense was not very good. Their struggles last year were not solely on the back of Mr. Trubisky. This is a team last year that went from the 11th best run defense a year ago to the 6th worst run defense. The offensive line took a huge step back last year. The wide receivers, they weren't very good. They were third in the NFL in drops. So, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, at least give Mr. Trubisky the benefit of the doubt a little bit because all of the Bears' struggles last year were not solely on Trubisky. However, he does deserve a lot of blame because he, he's not very good at reading defenses. He misses wide open wide receivers. He's not very accurate. There's just nothing special about Mr. Trubisky, okay? And I don't have much faith in Mr. Trubisky. Could he have a breakout season? Maybe. I won't quite rule it out. But 
it is very unlikely. And I will say this, Trubisky seems like a good guy. He seems like a hard worker. So again, I'm not going to completely say Trubisky is a bust, but if Mitch Trubisky underperforms this year, he most likely is going to be a bust because you're judging him based on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson's success. So enough with Trubisky. I talked about him enough. His weapons. Let's talk about his weapons. Cole Clement out of Notre Dame was a very good pick in the draft. I felt that he was the best tight end in the draft, and you guys picked him up. That's a very, that's a good pickup. I'm not a big fan of the Jimmy Graham signing. Ever since Jimmy Graham left New Orleans, he has not been able to make it work with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers as his quarterbacks. Jimmy Graham is washed. Jimmy Graham is not very good at creating separation anymore. He's not very fast. He's not that surefire, you know, sticky, gluey hands type of wide receiver anymore. He's just really declined and really fell off a cliff. He's not the same player. Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is one of the more underrated players in the entire NFL. He's really struggled to stay healthy throughout his entire career, but when Allen Robinson is healthy on the field, he's as good as they get in the game of football. You know, he's not quite top 10 as far as why I rank wide receivers, but he's in the top 15. And last year, Allen Robinson had a thousand yard season. So you have a, you have a solid number one option in Allen Robinson. Now, Cordero Patterson, not sold. Does he have a little bit of speed? Absolutely. But he was overdrafted. And he has not lived up to expectations based on where he was drafted, you know, from the time that he entered the NFL. Tegan Jr., he's 35 years old. Come on, people. He's not going to, he's not really going to contribute to this team, in my opinion. He's old. He's washed. Riley Ridley was your fourth round pick from a year ago. He had six catches for 69 yards last year. I'm not sold on Riley Ridley. Anthony Miller, he has some talent, but I think that he's kind of disappointed based on the thoughts I had about him in the draft. So, you know, he had 656 yards last year, two touchdowns. It's not bad, but it's not great either. The running backs, Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery, they're solid options, but they're not wowing me. Chicago doesn't have a single guy that I look at and say, wow, that guy's going to keep me up at night on offense. I just don't see it. So, I have very low expectations for the Chicago Bears offense this year. Now the defense. The defense last year actually was not that bad. There were four different points per game allowed last year. The problem with the defense was they struggled to create turnovers. They were 21st in takeaways per game last season. They were near the top of the NFL in 2018 in takeaways. That's a big reason why they won a bunch of games. Now, I like the Robert Quinn edition. Robert Quinn is 30 years old, so he could be declining very soon, but he had 11 and a half sacks last year. He's a good player. And you put him opposite of Khalil Mack, that's a very scary pass rushing duo. Khalil Mack had a down year last year, but Khalil Mack is arguably maybe the best defensive end in, in the entire NFL. You know, you can debate between him, you know, Joey Boza, you know, I think that Chandler Jones as sort of an outside linebacker, edge rusher, might be the best in all football right now. But Khalil Mack, he's very good. Eddie Jackson, he's a real player. He's very, very good. You know, Akeem Hicks, very good defensive tackle. Roquan Smith, one of the better young rising stars at linebacker in the entire NFL. This defense has some pieces. This defense has some talent. But I don't think this defense can carry this football team consistently. And I truly think that if the offense struggles for a second straight year, this defense is going to naturally quit on the team. 
That's what, when you see teams with great defenses kind of erode into the sunset, it's usually because the offense provides so much. Let me put it to you this way. I, I want to reword my phrase. I want to reword this right here. The offense is not going to aspire confidence in the defense. The defense is going to know in Chicago this year that, hey, if we screw up, if we allow over 20 points per game, we're most likely going to lose because our offense can barely put up 20 points per game itself. So I think that that could really drag that team into the mud this year. I could see this defense falling off a cliff and just flat out giving up and not caring because their offense does not complement them enough. They don't inspire any confidence in that football team. And ultimately, I have the Chicago Bears winning five games this year. I think in their division, Green Bay is better, Minnesota's better, and I believe Detroit is more talented. All three of those teams have better quarterbacks. That is, that's not debatable. All three of those teams have more explosive weapons than Chicago. When I look at their wide receiver core and their tight end core, that's undeniable. I look at their running backs. Minnesota has a better running back. I believe Kerryon Johnson is better than Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are better than those guys as well. Chicago has the worst offensive line in the division. They had the fourth worst scoring offense last year. And ultimately, I don't believe in Mr. Trubisky. And I don't believe the defense can carry this team. This team is not very dynamic on offense. And that's going to be their downfall. And the defense, they're going to eventually give up on this team. Now looking at the schedule. I'm going to highlight, I'm not officially predicting which game Chicago will win and lose. I'm just going to kind of go over the schedule and give you an idea of who should be favored to win each game. So at, at Detroit, I believe that's a loss. I believe Detroit is going to split with split with Chicago this year. I like Detroit this year. I think they have a lot of good weapons on offense. I think that they're about a nine-win team this year. I think that Detroit's very good. And I believe they're going to win a bunch of games this year, okay? The New York Giants, that's probably a win. But Daniel Jones can put up points. That offense with Saquon Barkley, you know, Darius Slade and Evan Ingram, they're not to be slept on. So while I think Chicago should be favored to win that game, I won't be shocked if New York pulls off the upset. At Atlanta, that's probably a loss. I would say that Atlanta is just more explosive and dynamic on offense than Chicago. And defensively, Chicago's not. And, and Atlanta's defense is going to make enough plays versus versus Chicago's putrid offense. Colts at home, that's a that's a loss in my opinion. I would probably favor the Colts just simply because they're a more complete football team. And yeah, I think the Colts are just better. Tampa Bay on Thursday night. I think that that's a little bit of a toss-up game, but I think that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers probably pull off that victory. I think Tampa Bay is very good. At Carolina, that's a game you, you can definitely win. At the Rams, that's a game you can definitely win. I would say that both those games are 50-50 matchups. Saints at home, I'm going to put that in the 50-50 category simply because I don't know how great Drew Brees is going to be this year due to his old age. I could see Chicago's defense getting to Drew Brees, but I definitely probably would say the Saints are going to win that game just because they're a much better football team at Tennessee. I would probably say that's a loss. Tennessee was a very good football team last year that went all the way to the AFC Championship game. So, yeah, 
Got you catching probably an L right there. Minnesota at home on Monday Night Football. You match it very well, Minnesota. That's probably a win. You'll split with them this year. Bye week. Green Bay on the road. That's a loss. Green Bay is just a better football team than you were than you are at the moment. Aaron Rodgers versus Mitch Trubisky. I'm upset. Detroit at home. I would probably say that's a win. I, I, like I said, I have you splitting with Detroit this year. Houston at home. There's no way Deshaun Watson is losing to Mitch Trubisky. I think Deshaun Watson is going to come out and make it a point to embarrass Chicago because they passed on him in the draft. So Houston, they were a playoff team last year. They'll beat you even though you get them at home. At Minnesota, probably a loss. Like I said, I have you splitting with them. At Jags, toss-up game. I probably favor Chicago. They're a better team. And Green Bay at home, that's a win for Green Bay. Green Bay is just a better football team overall than Chicago, in my opinion. And that was proven last year. And that will prove that will prove to be true once again. So overall, I'm not very high on Chicago this year. And I believe the Chicago Bears are going to go 5-11 and during the 2020 NFL season.